0: Good morning, and welcome to St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church worship service for Sunday morning, or anytime you're listening to this, but Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent. This is March 22nd. Um, If you're like me, you probably don't feel particularly prayerful right now. So take a minute to get to the spot in your house where you do your praying. Maybe maybe it's in a literal closet or maybe you have an icon or two or you have a place where you read your Bible every morning or every night. Um, but gather with your household and use the link that's uh, close to this sermon audio to download the bulletin for uh, morning prayer. I mentioned this in my newsletter this week, but today's worship service will be morning prayer since we're not celebrating Holy Communion we're going to do what Anglicans have done every time they don't celebrate Holy Communion but they gather on a Sunday or any other day of the week and that is they go through the service of, of morning prayer this is basically a service of the word with confession uh, psalmody for praise I believe we're going to have some uh, songs that Kevin and Becky are going to lead us in today as well in the service but what we'll do is we'll go through the service together and just take a slow pace we'll breathe slowly we'll let god's word wash over us be sure and pay attention to the liturgy as there are parts that you're going to say uh, there are parts that i'm going to say i will give a a little homily short meditation on this fourth Sunday of Lent here as well so um, Hopefully this will be God's desert provision, his wilderness provision for us as we await for this crisis uh, to pass by us. So if you would, let us kneel together. We'll begin on page one. I'll say some sentences of scripture. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I was glad when they said unto me, We will go into the house of the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn your face from my sins and blot out all my misdeeds. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. The mercy of the Lord is everlasting. Let us say together the Venite. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the depths of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands have prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my works." Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, of whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is everlasting. The psalm appointed for today, this fourth Sunday of Lent, is Psalm 23. We'll say it together in unison in the King James Version there on page 3 in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Uh.
1: shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. For we trust in our God. Shaken though the battle rages, we will stand in the fight. Though the armies rise up against us on all sides, we will not be shaken, we will not be. shaking in the darkness we were waiting. I need song to rise to you, when temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Wow.
0: Please be seated for the reading of God's Word. The first lesson is from 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And he brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up. It went to Rama. The Word of the Lord. The second lesson is a reading from Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The Word of the Lord. Please stand we will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you, beholding the depths and the high vault of heaven. Glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Please be seated. The final lesson is from the Gospel according to St. John. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not this man who sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed, and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he's like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, they said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, just a few thoughts uh, this morning. Did you notice that we posted this at 1030 on Sunday morning, so it's Sunday morning worship. Just a few thoughts today um, on these powerful, powerful passages. Um, remember that we're still in the season of Lent. And this season is, is a precarious one to be sure because we've had a lot of things taken away from us. <laughs> whether we like to or not, and whether or not you gave stuff up, You've now been invited into a almost uh, compulsory wilderness. So pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to how you're responding. Pay attention to how you're doing. You know, keep an eye on your gauges. If you need to talk to someone, reach out to someone. Um, don't don't let yourself die on the vine out there. But we, I remember. Uh, maybe maybe you remember too. On Ash Wednesday. As we heard the words of Jesus, we reflected on the fact that in his call to us, in our call to the church to observe a holy lent by prayer, fasting, and giving, that really Jesus was inviting us into simplicity. Do you remember me saying that? And this vision of simplicity really is just taking away the unnecessary things, and even some things that seem necessary but as we take them away we realize that we have an increased capacity to hear the voice of god to do the works of god to be the people that god has made us to be truly to become fully human in him now in this modified lockdown this may be the best time for us to try to obey these invitations from jesus to simplicity and praying and fasting and giving Um, i'm sitting here at the office at uh, saint bart's and before me are three icons one is saint bartholomew he's always right here in front of me there's another one of the crucifixion that has mary the mother of god and saint john the theologian uh, on either side of the cross but in the middle today i have an icon of christ called, Behold, I Stand at the Door and Knock. And it's very simple. He's, He's leaning into a door and he's knocking on a door and there's no handle on the outside of the door. And for those of you who like theological controversy, you can get stirred up by me saying that. So, and the implication there is that we have to open the door to Christ. But he's holding a scroll. He has a word for us. And the idea is that That door is the door to our hearts The door to our lives And I wonder how in this Fourth Sunday of Lent How might this simplicity That we've been invited Into and now we have an ample Opportunity to exercise How might this simplicity Help us hear our Lord Jesus knocking And how might we Let him in Think about that For a minute Now I want to talk about a couple of these lessons. Now, notice that the two things that bind these uh, Old Testament lessons, the Gospel lesson together, the two things that bind them together are shepherding. And that's really held together with this glue of Psalm 23. And we read it together in the King James Version for a reason. There's something unforgettable. There's something... uh, about the King James version of that Psalm that makes it easy to memorize, but also easy for us to remember. So we we see shepherding, but we also see baptism. You see in Ephesians 5, that little, do you see how on page four of your bulletin where it says awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you? Many scholars believe that that is a fragment of an early Christian hymn that was sung at baptism. And Paul is describing uh, to this church in Ephesus, he's telling them to, quote, walk in love. Now, you've, you hear that every Sunday when we receive bread and wine and we receive offerings and gifts uh, in your tithes and offerings. But we say that because that's part of our baptismal commitment. See, baptism is often called the sacrament of illumination, for in it, we brought into the church. We're brought into the people of God who are the people of God's light. But more on that in just a minute. So shepherding and baptism. Now, in 1 Samuel 16, we find Israel at a time of national crisis. You wrote, you'll recall that they begged God for a king. They begged and begged and begged. <laughs> and God said through his prophet, no, if you have a king, Eventually he's going to tax you, and he's going to take your sons and put him in the army, etc., etc. And nevertheless, God gave them what they asked for. So they God gave them a king, Saul, and Saul was not pleasing to God. Though he was tall, he was a Benjaminite, he was stood head and shoulders above everyone else, and he was a great warrior. All of those things were true about Saul, but his heart wasn't turned completely t- towards the Lord. He was not completely obedient to God and so in the midst of this crisis where Saul has been deposed by God as king comes chapter 16 of 1st Samuel and the Lord speaks to Samuel and we see God leading Israel's spiritual leader in this time of crisis so we see God shepherding Israel but it's quiet it's in the background did you notice that so God sends Samuel to Bethlehem, a little town in the hill country of Judea, and not only does he send him to Bethlehem, he sends him to Jesse's family. Now, this is important because Jesse is in the is in of the tribe of Judah. Jesse is a son of Israel. But notice that the Lord sends Samuel not to the oldest, the firstborn, the tall one, the one who perhaps looked like he could be king, and notice what the Lord says to Samuel. I think this is something we can hide in our hearts, especially in this season. Look at verse 7 on page 3 of your bulletin. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. Hmm. Isn't it interesting where so many things right now are stripped away from us as an extrovert. And if you ever had a doubt that I was an extrovert, if I ever had a doubt, boy, has that been confirmed. I miss getting together as a crowd. I miss seeing all of you together on Sundays. So so many things that we love and hold dear have been taken away from us, but this is a time when our Lord Jesus knocks on our heart, when he comes to us and he invites us to let him in, to speak to us and to form and to shape our heart, so that the one thing that, rely on, that we rely on maybe is not our, quote, stature, our appearance, even the resources that we have, the rolls of toilet paper (laughs) at our ready (laughs) in the pantry, though we do need that, and I highly recommend it. But at the deepest level of our being, what we rely on and who we rely on is God, is our Lord Jesus in our heart. Now, we know that David had a heart after God's, We know that though David sinned grievously that still he turned to the Lord in repentance begging for forgiveness and we see that in Psalm 51 again the Psalm that we began this season of Lent with but again we see that God is shepherding Israel in the background as he calls to himself and to Samuel this lowly shepherd, this ruddy shepherd whose eyes were handsome, so that this youngest boy of Jesse could one day be king of Israel. And he could be a king who would prefigure and look ahead to another shepherd king. In fact, we remember that in Matthew, Jesus' origins, or his genesis, are described completely around his uh, genealogy with Joseph, because Joseph was a son of Jesse. Joseph was a son of David. And so Jesus, this son of David, we see him coming onto the scene. And we see Jesus also shepherding Israel, but doing so in a powerful way. And this this is the sixth sign that Jesus is performing in the book of John. Now we remember, we recall what John says in his prologue of his gospel. We recall that he says, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And truly we see and hear that, as Jesus steps in into a time When the leadership of Israel, the spiritual leadership, so not necessarily the king, the governing leadership, but the spiritual leadership, the Pharisees, they are blind and they are incompetent. Now, we can probably resonate with a question that the disciples asked Jesus, especially in this time of this coronavirus crisis. Notice on page five of your bulletin, verse two, of John chapter 9. They, they walk, they're walking by and they see this man who was blind from birth. And this isn't just a guy that's lost to sight. This is a guy who's never been able to see. And the gospel writer goes to great lengths to remind us of that several times that he was born blind, born blind, the man born blind. It's blazoned into our memory. And so the disciples ask in verse 2, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus answered, well, before we hear the answer to Jesus, we may ask ourselves a similar question in this moment of coronavirus. God, Jesus, who sinned? Who sinned that this thing came into the world? As we look for answers at best or at worst, as we look for a scapegoat. And we know the answer to that, don't we? We know the answer isn't some guy in a market in China or other people. But we know that Adam and Eve sinned. We know that their sin brought sin and sickness and ultimately death into the world. But that's kind of beside the point because we see Jesus coming onto the scene and this is his response as he's powerfully shepherding Israel through this moment of spiritual blindness Jesus says in verse 3 it was not that this man sinned or his parents but that the works of God might be displayed on him continuing Jesus says we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day night is coming when no one can work as long as I'm in the world I am the light of the world." Hmm. So in a sense, we know that the terrible things that are happening are terrible in their own right. And we weep and we lament over them. We pray for those who are dying. We pray for those who are in need. And at the same time, in the wisdom of God and the mystery of God, we trust Him with this situation that is clearly out of our control. and so many are doing so many things to prevent the spread of this disease and i'm so proud of dallas of the city of dallas of dallas county i'm so proud of all of you the way that you've responded offering uh, material help offering to run errands for people who who are self-isolated there's just been a wave of support and camaraderie and uh from a distance albeit and a wave of solidarity really to say we will move through this together and there's a man named Esau Macaulay who teaches at Wheaton College and he is a uh, he's also an Anglican priest and he wrote an, uh, an opinion piece in the New York Times a few days ago that said you know Christians during the plagues in the early Roman Empire days Christians were known for those who stayed in the city and cared for the dead In the dying and he said you know we're we always want to look for ways to be heroic and virtue but Christians now may be doing the best thing to love their neighbor by not gathering and by doing things as unglamorous as washing their hands and so I commend you and I give glory to God for you the way that you have jumped in by staying home and staying away as we wait to weather this crisis. But Jesus was moving in a certain direction with this man born blind, and he was moving towards the glory of God. He wanted the the people of God to see God's works and God's glory. He wanted the people of God to see the light while he still could. And so in order to do that, verse six, Of John 9 he spits on the ground and makes mud with saliva and then notice the choice of words he anointed the man's eyes with mud we we saw earlier Samuel was anointed with oil and man isn't oil a beautiful thing oil can be a fuel for fire it can be used for cooking you can use it for all sorts of things I love to put oil in my uh, still growing beard, <laughs> still being shaped beard. Oil's beautiful. In fact, uh, Anthony Bloom, a writer in his book uh, *Beginning to Pray*, speaks of that ancient phrase "Kyrie Eleison" or "Christ, our Lord, have mercy." That you could connect the Greek word "Eleison," have mercy, to this this derivative for olive oil or an olive tree, and we think about just the richness and the beauty. Of, of God's provision in oil. Well, David is anointed with oil by Samuel the prophet, but Jesus the Messiah, the true son of David, capital S, son of David, he comes and he anoints this man with his own saliva. And We see the generative powers of our Lord Jesus Christ taking that saliva making mud putting it on his eyes and as the man washes in the pool of salome the ancient pool he is healed he receives a sight and then we have an ironic moment where the man goes to the pharisees he appears before the pharisees as in verse 13 and then 28 to the end they are accusing him and the irony here is that the pharisees are the leaders And they have been able to see all their life, but truly they are the ones who are blind. They interrogate the man who was formerly born blind, who's no longer blind. And as they belabor him and interrogate him, we see who can truly see. Because the man born blind, who's no longer blind, proclaims this in an amazing way look at verse 32 never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind if this man were not from God he could do nothing and they go on and cast shame on him about his sin now we we're drawn into Ephesians 5 as a little commentary on this because we know that we were talking about shepherding and we know that we're talking about baptism as well. And I mentioned earlier that baptism is the sacrament of illumination. And look at verses 13 and 14 of Ephesians 5. But when anything is, is exposed by the light. Now, Paul is talking about a very specific set of practices that he says, if you are of the kingdom of God, you will not engage in these things. He says, but if you are of the kingdom of God, If you are a saint, and it doesn't mean saint like you have performed miracles and everyone knows your name. Saint means simply one through whom God's light has shown. If you are a saint, if you are baptized and walking with our Lord Jesus, you'll take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, verse 11 says, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Now here we go. Here's verse 13, but when anything is exposed by the light, think back to John 9, what was exposed by the light? That man's blindness was exposed, and it was healed and taken away. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Well, you could get into some philosophical conversations right there, couldn't you? Then we have this fragment of this baptismal hymn. Therefore it says, St. Paul writes, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You see, baptism is death. Whether you're baptized as a little baby or you're baptized as a 60-year-old, baptism is death. And you die to sin, you die to the world, the flesh, and the devil and you arise from those baptismal waters so that Christ will shine on you and you walk with Christ. You live in the light of Christ. That's why you don't engage in these works of darkness that St. Paul lists earlier in the chapter. That's why we, verse 2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering. And sacrifice to God and that's why in this time of fear and perhaps confusion we know that God is shepherding us that as we live in our baptism we can trust his gentle hand we can trust that the Lord is our shepherd and that we shall not want that he makes us lay down in green pastures And he leads us beside still waters, that he restores our soul and leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we acknowledge and we say, yes, we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But because we have been awakened in baptism, because the light of Christ has shined on us, we will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with us. His rod and his staff have comforted us. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil. And our cups run over. We proclaim with that same shepherd, King David, Surely the goodness and mercy of the Lord shall follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of God forever. I remind you of the icon that sits before me right now of Christ knocking on a door Hmm. it's the door of our hearts of my heart and your heart in his other hand he holds a scroll he holds a good word for you and for me in this noise can we hear him in working from home having close quarters and perhaps the fear of the unknown of this disease can we hear him knock God was quietly shepherding Israel giving them a new king during a time of national upheaval Jesus was powerfully shepherding Israel in this sign giving this man sight in a time of blind spiritual leadership how is the Lord God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, shepherding us now. And if we are to heed Jesus' Lenten call to prayer, fasting and giving, essentially a call to simplicity, how might that call, how might those practices, how might simplicity enable us to hear him knocking? How might it enable us to open the door to him? and what will we experience I have a feeling that what we experience might be a little like what we read in Psalm 23 this abundant overflowing provision this Lord have mercy curie eleison provision this anointing our heads with oil kind of provision where the anointing us transforms us anointing David King anointing the man born blind into one who receives sight, anointing us who perhaps live in fear into those who are courageous, anointing us who are surrounded by noise and in a season that's difficult to pray, helping us to become those who are awake in Christ and praying with him diligently. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and turn to page five in your bulletin and we'll affirm our faith together as we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show your mercy upon us. O Lord, guide those who govern us. Clothe your ministers with righteousness O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week you conquered sin, put put death to flight and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this His victory. Forgive our sins, banish our fears, make us bold to praise you and to do your will, and steel us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you, for the honor of your name, amen. Now we'll enter into a season of prayer. You'll recognize these prayers as the prayers of the people. In the silence, please offer your own prayers, and then you'll respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Hmm. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. We pray, Lord, especially for churches as they gather virtually, that by the mystery and power of your Holy Spirit, they would feel not only your presence, but the presence of one another. We pray for our Bishop Philip, our clergy, and for all bishops, priests, and deacons. Lord in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. We pray especially for all decision making leaders. Empower them. Give them wisdom with a view to mercy, justice. We pray especially for our President Donald, our Governor Greg, Our Mayor, Eric, Lord, we thank you for our County Commissioner, Judge Jenkins. Have mercy on all of them. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. We pray especially for all people of St. Bart's who may live alone or who may be especially vulnerable to this disease because of underlying conditions or age. We pray also for Central Lutheran Church, their pastor, Christina, and their council. And we pray for all churches in East Dallas, in the city of Dallas, and all over the world, as they not only preach your holy gospel, but respond to great need in this time. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Now please offer aloud the names of those in need of healing of any kind. Lord in your mercy, we commend your mercy all who have died, especially related to the coronavirus, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. And we pray now for those who are not yet part of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O God, our great King, lover of souls, creator of all. We beg you to hear our prayers. We beg you to answer them in a timely fashion, for miracles to happen, that Lord Jesus Christ, you would shepherd us in this world powerfully. Amen. Let us conclude our prayers with the general thanksgiving on page eight of your bulletin. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, Let us bless the Lord The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore Amen May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing Through the power of the Holy Spirit Amen And now glory to God whose power working in us Can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Be strong and courageous this week as you go out and stay tuned for updates. Don't forget we'll be we'll have recorded morning prayer on Wednesday, but that doesn't mean that you cannot pray morning and evening prayer on your own. Look for the link for the daily morning and evening prayer booklets. Uh, Download it, print it out, whatever you need to do. Take time to stay prayerful in this season. We love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless.